This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's far too easy to play against Aston Villa. I don't even think I can tell you now they won't win this game. They've taken one point from 14 matches against teams in the top six. They've conceded 33 goals. Man United are a well-oiled machine right now. I've got a bad feeling about this free kick. It's going to be a it's going to be a horrible Sunday, and Villa Park erupts as it's two 0 to Aston Villa, and they may well be beating us for the first time since 1995. Two 0 to Aston Villa inside the first ten minutes. It's unbelievable, and it's going very very wrong. I said it might be a tight game. It's about as tight. As a clown's pocket, it's loose. It's bloody loose. This is a rubbish Sunday. Super Sunday, shithouse Sunday. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for something of a collector's item of a show, the first My Old Man Said podcast ever recorded after a home win against Manchester United, Mr. Chris Budd and Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello, sir. Hello, Hello. sir. Hurrah. 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 Where's that, where's that glory hunter, Rogers? I thought he would be here uh, <laughs> bathing in uh, the victory. It's always 3-1, isn't it? Well, the last one I remember, anyway. That yeah. was uh, 27 <laughs> years ago. Oof. Yes, well, there were, I had an omen this week. I I could foresee this happening. I mean, I didn't think it would ha- when I was 12, I didn't th- think I would have to wait until the week had turned 40 for it to, <laughs> to, to, to beat United at home again. But when I was I was away for a couple of days and was just in the car park with my son and I, I happened to look around when I seen a couple of what I thought were squirrels. Sorry, this is in the Monaco, the UK, uh, in Northern Ireland. Yes. If, if, you, if you hadn't guessed by now. I thought the, the son and I looked around and said, oh, look, there's a couple of squirrels. And then on closer inspection, it wasn't. It was an otter. It was killing a, a huge rat that was about three times bigger of it. So I should have took that as an omen that um, <laughs> Villa would be the rat slayers today. But <laughs> And that they were. I think that's the, the most polite thing I've ever heard anybody call Manchester United rats. <laughs> very, very polite and civil of you, uh, Mr. Phil Shaw. Right, uh, well, we should just dive into this. Spare the chit-chat. Uh, coming up in the show, we talk about a game where we saw the f- first direct free kick 
goal in the Premier League from Villa for, it must be about seven years now. I think it's Christian Benteke against QPR. We saw that at Villa Park. Also, the first home win over United since the days of William McGregor. And also uh, Sanson's first appearance, uh, also since the days of William McGregor. So uh, a rather marvellous Sunday afternoon at uh, Villa Park. Plus, uh, we will also get into the latest Villa news, including uh, finally the uh, vote for the crest is out there in the public domain. So we'll uh, look at uh, reactions to that. Also uh, get into the three points, media muppets, also uh, a new section a new fun section. It's a little. There's a little bit of uh, gamification of uh, the Scott Hogan touch count, but a bit more educational uh, working title at the moment: Emery's clipboard. So uh, hang around uh, to the end of the show for that and uh, get involved. Play along at home or in the car or on the beach or on the plane or on the train, however you listen to this podcast. And we'll end up with, we don't really need it this week, but we're going to end up anyway with uh, reasons to be cheerful as well. Right, uh, what's the news? It's the news of the Croatia defender who got... um sacked for shagging his playboy girlfriend in the centre circle of his ground. It's almost as sordid as Ireland beating England in the uh, the World Cup uh, one-day <laughs> cricket. We could, we could talk about the T20. Yeah, no, let's go for Villa News. First of all... Uh, we're getting closer. Only one more league game left, one more League Cup game left until Villa go on their six-week break where Emery sets about like a nuclear scientist creating a super team. Part of that, the preparation for that will be uh, Aston Villa will be going off to Dubai for some uh, warm weather training. I'm sure there'll be like a, a week camp out there, I would guess. And then uh, they will be a, a series of friendlies. Uh, one of them is the Cardiff Peter Whittingham game and uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll be announcing them uh, in due course we mentioned this uh, a few months ago uh, in terms of the friendlies the last couple of days uh, the crest the new villa crest was put out obviously i've seen this uh, in development over the last few weeks uh, as i've said uh, i think on the show before i was a bit underwhelmed when i saw what the uh, the final offerings were and i think that seems to be the reaction uh, yeah. Yeah. across the board i mean i would say that both are better than the existing one yeah, I mean, I, I said at the time that, you know, it's mad that within under 24 hours of those two crests going live, you had tweaked versions of it doing the rounds on Twitter from quite talented people. And you thought, well, that looks better straight away. When, when they showed us, uh, and it was like Aston Villa on the round badge in blue, and it, you just you could hardly see it when it was used on the backdrop. And I said, no, you've got to put that in yellow. You've got to make it pop out. And uh, so they did. But, you know, you're sitting there you're thinking, well... I'm not getting paid for that. And you're getting paid like, what, six figures? And, you, and you're and you meant to be a design agency to warrant those six figures. And you can't even see a fundamental flaw like that. It's kind of embarrassing. What I will say is, though, some I've seen a couple of people, oh, it's nice of the club to let us vote on this. Well, after the fan-led review, which I was involved in, one of the main things that we wanted to make sure, uh, this is the government's fan-led review, uh, What one thing we wanted supporters actually to have power on was certain heritage attributes like name of the club colors of the club badge of the club stadium and so the fa actually wrote into uh, law 
well, their laws, uh, since July of this year that a club has to present evidence to the FA that the supporters are okay with uh, a change. And that predominantly should be like season ticket holders and people who see the majority of the home games. And then the fan base at large also is taken into consideration as well. So that's why you're having a vote, because that forms the evidence now, uh, that's why you're not having a three-badge vote, because they want to make it look absolute. If you had three and it was like 30%, 25%, you know, t- you know, 20-odd whatever percent, then they'll think, uh, eh, well, you know, it's not, it doesn't seem to be a, a clear favorite here of the supporters. That's why it's a two-horse race. But also, you know, as I said, I said you have to have a, an option where if people aren't happy with the two, they can say that. I think if our badge current badge was a bit stronger then i think more people would say actually i prefer you know the current badge why why you know go through all this trouble if you haven't created a badge that is evidently much better and you know it actually excites the fan base so a big part of it and not a lot of people know this it's you know i was the only one who actually researched the fa rules on this and uh because they're fairly new and aston villa are actually the first of the 92 clubs to go through this process since the fa rules so uh that is why you are voting. Meanwhile, uh, oh, since Mr. Gerard has left, the, the under-21s have just... Uh, Started winning again. They, they're unbeaten. <laughs> They've won again. We you know, we made excuses for the Mutts that the best players are out on loan, blah, blah, blah. And they had nothing to do with that. It was just uh, Gerard was holding the under-21s back because they couldn't win for fun uh, before uh, he left. Meanwhile, the uh, Villa ladies have uh, broken their three-game losing streak and actually uh, beat Liverpool uh, away from home with Rachel Daly scoring again. She is Good like stuff. the she is like the female David Platt, I'll say it again. She's dependable. Mm-hmm. Always popping up. She got a penalty this time after she missed her last one. Oh. Shows she's got some cojones to step up after missing. Liverpool obviously recently uh, promoted. So in terms of where Villa ladies are at, that you would expect them to win that at least uh they're back up and running again. Uh, Philippe Coutinho is injured, apparently, allegedly. Yeah, quad injury. <laughs> and won't be back until after the World Cup, which obviously he won't be taking part in. He wouldn't have been anyway, mind. What's this? What's this bad news? Big Daddy Donker is cup-tied against Manchester United in the cup. You mean I've bought my ticket to see the Big <laughs> Daddy Donker show and he's not going to be there? Sorry, David. For fuck's sake. Him on Ragnarok. And Ragnarok's not going to be there as well. Jesus Christ. I want, can you get my money back for this? Is this, is this a, re- a refundable train ticket? Well, never mind. I want match ticket. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Big Daddy Dunker and R- R- Ragnarok show was... Uh, they should have just put that in neon lights above the Old Trafford sign. <laughs> Illuminating Salford Keys with... Yeah. <laughs> an LED Big Daddy Dunk. <laughs> and Ragnarok back, yeah. back together again <laughs> we right. together in the first place <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, I think it's time for some media muppetry right Phil what's in the media muppet trough what's swilling around this week Mr Shaw there's a lot swilling around so, so what do we want to talk about do we want to talk about Gabby Bonlahor criticising Leeds fans for celebrating, in his words, like they'd won the Champions League after their comeback 4-3 win against Bournemouth. Didn't somebody accuse us of doing this in a, in a game in the last year or so? It wasn't him, was it? It was on TalkSport. Somebody was having a go I at us. every club does it, don't they? Yeah. 
Yeah, is this just to wind? It's it's it is blatant. It's like he's been given a brief, uh, been told to do this just to wind people up so to get social media. You're talking about a team that's manager is fighting for his job. Jesse three Marsh. one down at home. Three one down at home against Bournemouth, and they come back and win it with five minutes to go. Four three. Like get in the bin. Yeah, a bong Lahore, but <laughs> but you know Manchester City scored a last uh, well injury time penalty against Fulham to win two one. They did a like couple of laps of honour after that. You know it's, it's good to see that uh, fans and uh, players s- still have a pulse in terms of the, of actually liking the game. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you know, we got pelters after the you know, the last minute winner against Leicester for having a pitch invasion. That yeah, got to a cup final, big deal. It's like uh, uh, let's let's get, let's move. What else you got? I've got uh, what about Douglas Louise's interview with ESPN about um, Gerard Sagan that the Birmingham Mail tweeted out saying um, in speech marks he lacked a clue. When actually that's not what Douglas Louise. You see yeah. that, and you think, "Wow, Lu- Louise has stepped out, out over the breach there." Yeah, it's like enough Gerard, but no, it was just a comment from a fan on social media. So uh, I, I think they should be fined for shit like that. That's how bad I think this is. A because it's defamation almost against Louise. Because yeah. if you know Gerard sees that, or somebody close to him sees that, oh, that Douglas Louise is slagging you off. So it gives Louise a bad name for being like a rat, even though he hasn't done it. It's embarrassing. It's really, know. you know, it's really. I mean, I, I'll stop there, or else I'll uh, start <laughs> burning down buildings and things. My personal favorite this week was the Birmingham Mail again with this headline: "Who is Paco Ayastaran, Unai Emery's exciting new assistant head coach?" So that, that I must admit that lures me. And I'm going to write what's exciting about him. So I'll go in and look at it and go right. So then they went into it and they proceeded to list every position he's been sacked from since leaving Benitez's side at Liverpool. Um, as well as that not being very exciting, he was also Gary Neville's assistant at Valencia. So, that went well. <laughs> yeah, so that that's not really what I would tag exciting beside. Um, the exciting tag actually came from Guillaume Balagi last week when he was doing his press tour to promote Emery and anybody that he might be on his squad. He is any anybody who's from Spain's agent, basically. I'm, I'm sure yeah. he's on a commission because he just bigs up everybody. You know, he just wants to be everybody's friend. I think fair enough, but you know, it's a bit phony. But anyway, let's uh, that's enough slagging people off. Uh, what, yeah. what have you got in the Villa Media Nuggets tray? Uh, this this week and the media nuggets tray this week was Manny Cash's interview with Sky Sports. Sky now, Sports and a nugget from Sky Sports. Are you, are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I actually I sort of I glazed over it whenever I watched it the first time because I, I did think it was very sort of you know like matter of fact. But then commentary in the the Villa United game match that it's just sort of sort of brought it back to my head and went looking for it again. So Cash said as soon as he heard the news that Emery had been appointed Villa manager, he was on Google to see how Villarreal's fullbacks played under Emery. I Actually, took that as a good sign from Cash that he doesn't wasn't just waiting to be told what to do. He was trying to get like a head start, get ahead of the game, and sort of yeah. see what way Emery likes to play. Wanted to sit at the front defense. of the class, Phil. Yeah, teacher's pet. Wanted to get his hand up. That's good to see. I mean, all Cash has to do really is keep his passes uh, on the pitch, and uh, I think you'll get yeah. on fine. I'd agree with that. Right. Well, thank you very much for that. Now, quickly uh, onto the three points. Uh, point number one: Project Merciless. Uh, I think a German uh, magazine is uh, calling this uh, an expose on how Qatar actually paid XCIA officials to, uh, well, it's basically an intelligence operation on FIFA officials. This is back in the day uh, when the bidding campaigns was on. I mean, anybody who's read about this, you know, you'll, you'll know about gold watches going to journalists and uh, the various, uh, I'll scratch your back, you know, if, if you scratch ours uh, in terms of various FIFA voters. So many articles at the time, but there wasn't 
a real kickoff. I mean, I remember the whole kind of Russian thing and guitar thing at the time. It was obvious what was going on. And I was just thinking, well, I think Brazil's the last kind of decent World Cup. What, what happens though? You get to this stage now and everybody calls people xenophobic for like questioning it. And, you know, I've been to guitar when I was a kid and it's, you know, it's a very interesting place to go. But this it was a different place then. I mean, this is when I was a kid. I don't know. It's a different way of viewing the world, isn't it? When you're getting, giving a journalist a gold watch, it's, I think they see more as like hospitality, don't they? Rather than, yeah, it's yeah, it's seen as being welcoming and yeah. Well, we see it as uh, a bribe, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's like paying paying fans to go and give us good reviews and yeah. Toe and, line and, and since you know we did the last podcast and we were talking about Dutch fans, I, th- I think we said you know I bet everybody's been asked the English, yeah, are as well, aren't they? English, the Welsh. There's you know forty English fans, Welsh fans, some of the the uh, the English band, and it's just like this isn't this is. This is, I keep saying it, and it's a theme that I talk about, it's when marketing takes over football. And now it's really taken over to the extent that they're paying fans to be PR people, Mm -hmm. PR people for the tournament. These people in the film world, I, I fought this many times and got into fights with film studios or whatever. You don't have to... PR everything. Let nature take its course, uh, and you know, especially football. If they fill those stadiums, you won't have a problem uh, in terms of the atmosphere and you know. The, but I don't know. Should you really be? I mean, I, you know, I've been to Qatar when I was there. I would have never envisaged a World Cup being played there, just because it's so small. No, I mean, I've, I've played there probably three or four times. Four times, in fact, yeah. And it's just you just don't think of it. It's almost set up like a like an olympics or something where you know you sort of you have to put the whole infrastructure in from scratch yeah and there's plenty of places in the world where they're just ready put it in the north africa for example i mean there's a a money situation but you know we we know just from being villa fans you know gambian lions Ghanaian lions you know the those boys and girls in north africa they actually love football and you put it in there egypt and morocco where it's massive yeah absolutely you know turkey and just people who are absolutely mad for it. And that's where the World Cup should be going, to fans that are actually mad for it. And there's actually an infrastructure that's been there for you know years and years and years. <sighs> I, I don't know. But now people are kicking off. They should have nipped it in the bud at the time because you know they won a bid and they, they, they couldn't deliver the bid. They couldn't do it in the summer. They didn't have these fucking air-conditioned stadiums, which they were going they, to build clouds and ecosystems. Yeah, they were building clouds, bollocks. all that kind of crap, and it's uh, it was like a sci-fi dream that wasn't reality. And the compromises have been working back since, and it's because certain people have lined their pockets so much, i.e., anybody connected to this tournament and obviously sponsors as well, that they have to make it happen. It's, uh, you know, this is what kind of puts you off this game. But anyway, let's not ruin uh, a wonderful uh, occasion. <laughs> what happened uh, on Sunday? Oh, don't look at point two then. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is, uh, and it basically feeds in point two is FIFA telling nations to stick to football. And uh, this is starting to kick off uh, a bit because obviously people are starting to pipe up. Uh, I mean, I think Denmark's the best one where they've toned down the shirts where you can't see Hummel because Hummel doesn't want to be visible in the tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a tournament that's, uh, to quote them, has cost thousands of lives. Australia yeah. have released a video urging uh, Qatar to abolish its laws on same-sex relationships. Paris are refusing to screen matches in public areas. It doesn't stop Aston Villa charging £25 to uh, go to, is it the 82 suite or whatever? Yeah, I think so, yeah. 
I won't be doing that. You know, I'm starting to think about it seriously about just ignoring it. I, I used to. It was. I thought it was the only thing that was it. pure about football yeah. was the World Cup, especially seeing all those sort of more exotic teams that you never get to watch. Well, exactly. That, but it's just a bad, bitter taste. Yep. Right. So, point number three: uh, Shakira's ex <laughs> has retired. What's his name? I can't remember his name. Gerard Piquet. Is, who's that? Is that Manchester United <laughs> reject? And it, it is. is. But no, don't fall into the don't fall into the <laughs> trap, the trap that I've seen doing the rounds on social media. When it- this is the problem with uh, Twitter. They, all these radio stations or whatever clipping things, so you get to see these morons. There's people that aren't even fit to clean PK's boots. Saying he's not a legend. Being a judge on on his uh, career. It was it Jamie O'Hara, wasn't yeah, like it? Jamie yeah. O'Hara. Oh yeah, well Conker. he may have won a few trophies. It's like fuck. How, you, you're not even allowed <laughs> to mention his name. A few trophies. I, I can't. That's what I was, I was <laughs> He's trying won to think. everything, you fucking prick. He's won everything multiple times. I was trying to think what he what he couldn't win. <laughs> I mean, on Twitter, no, unless I'm, I'm feeling mischievous, I you know I don't get involved. But that was one where you you starting to tee up a tweet to say something to O'Hara, but you just think, nah, just, you know, it's, it's, it's just wasting my time. But uh, what's this about tombs? Yes, well, PK, he's retiring. He's going to have to do something. I mean, I th- he, he, he doesn't. He doesn't want to work on talk sport as a pundit opposite Jamie O'Hara, does he? No, he wants to get into property development. So he wants to build a luxury hotel on the Costa del Sol, but it's run into a bit of a delay after archaeologists actually find um, two hundred and fifty tombs underneath the the Ooh, property. One of them containing Jamie O'Hara's football career. <laughs> And, and all of Villa's defeats at home to Man United in the last 27 years. <laughs> so uh, what's happening with these tombs, pray tell? Well, it's, it's not as exciting as you think. It's just delayed them for a short time because archaeologist Alberto Compian said um, possibly the tombs were never used and are not valuable enough to be preserved. It's one of the, But it is one of the largest necropolises in the country. Oh, I love that net. That word is brilliant. That's a great word. That's like Villa Park the last 10 years. That's that's Emery's sort of like headquarters now, isn't it? Yeah, well, he's ripping them up. He's digging up the tombs. (laughs) He's even resurrected Sanson. (laughs) Strange things happen at Halloween, David. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? Are you going to, would you still stay in a hotel in the Costa del Sol that had built on an ancient burial ground? Only if it was called Necropolis. Before we move on, uh, as always, a massive uh, shout out and thank you to uh, the My Old Man Said members for uh, being around, engaging in Match Club, listening to the show, and a special uh, thank you to uh, the new members as well over the last week. Uh, Matthew Smith, Lily, actually uh, was a member, but uh, rebooted the membership. I think went from annual to monthly. So thank you very much, Matthew, for uh, sticking with us. And thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Alex Barber, Tony Evans, Paul Mate or Mate Matey? Mate, wasn't it? Mate is in the uh, the Argentinian drink. Spelt different. I'll, I'll give you two shout outs, Paul. Different names. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Moorcock, Gareth Taylor. And uh, a thank you also to uh, Tom Kirkman for upgrading his pledge as well. Also, uh, you can uh, sign up to be a My Man Said member for the year annual membership, which actually gets you uh, 10% off, which is just over a month. We are uh, cranking up the extra shows. We're getting to levels of where I wanted it to be. It's, it's always just syncing it up in terms of times, but... Uh, it's going to get even more meaty. I think we had about 17 shows, including the ad-free shows on the uh, Members Extra podcast channel uh, in the past uh, month. So that will uh, continue 
what show are we going to do uh, this week? What are we going to talk about? We have an after-hours show, which we record straight after this for members. Normally, we, we know what it's about, so we can... Might be uh, talking about the cup game, perhaps. Yeah, we'll talk about the uh, the upcoming cup game in uh, the after-hours show. But uh, as well as that, uh, you do get ad-free versions of the show. Also, you get access to Match Club, which is our uh, virtual members club. Par non the greatest villa community on this planet earth so please do go to myomansaid.com and click on the members link there for more details also if you're on a mobile device if you're on twitter there is a little icon uh, i think at the top it's like a it's like a, a money bill or something i don't know what musk is doing but you click on that and I, you also get access straight to patreon to join as a member too so join us thank you very much and also uh, quickly and sorry to uh, put off the excitement of talking about the Manchester United uh, mutilation, but uh, if you're not one of the uh, 7,500 heading to Old Trafford with me and uh, Mr. Bird, we will be leading the procession of the uh, 7,500. I think we're going to march on to uh, Old Trafford, metres at six. It's going to be uh, like a two-hour march, isn't it? From where? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making it up as I go along. Marching up the M6? No, once we're in, once we landed in Manchester... Salford Keys will be our bitch. We're going to take it area by area before we oh, get yeah, to good, Old Trafford. Good, good, good shout. Anyway, uh, if you're not, maybe this will be helpful to you because the game will be screened on Sky. Uh, and this show is brought to you by Green King, your home of pub sport. With over 900 sports pubs across the country, Green King is where the fans go, showing every broadcast game for Aston Villa. So head down to your nearest pub and you can enjoy every live sporting event from BT and Sky Sports on tap. And if you uh, download the Green King season ticket app, you just put season ticket in uh, the uh, Android or iTunes app store and it should pop up. But there's there's, there's a link uh, in the notes anyway. Uh, but as soon as you uh, sign up, you will get a free voucher for a free drink. And uh, when you register, uh, you will also get uh, 10% off uh, a great range of drinks one hour before, during and after any match. So if you head to the App Store, search Season Ticket to download the app. And when registering, if you use the promotion code MOMS, M-O-M-S, all caps, as a listener of the show, you'll get an additional £5 off when you spend £15 on drinks. So if there's a few of you do this, you can obviously trade uh, rounds and all uh, get free drinks and money off for a cheaper night. Drinks that you can... Hold up, clink, and toast, hopefully, a double win over United within a week. Oh, we'd love that. Mm. Right, let's get on to this, shall we? Let's. The greatest victory in a long time in the league, anyway. Villa went into this game, and this didn't get spoken about enough, really. Villa were only not in the relegation zone because their name began with A, really. Or it was further down the alphabet than S because we're a level on points to Southampton, same same goal difference, same amount of goals scored and conceded. So it's alphabetical. So if that was the end of season uh, table, I think we would have had to have either drawn lots or played a playoff game, or they'd have probably traced it back on our uh, head to heads, wouldn't they? Yeah, luckily we we we're, you know, we'd be ahead on that one. Yeah. And thanks to the thanks to the Toon Army for tearing them apart. Yeah, that's probably why we were uh, above them. So, uh, in terms of going into this game, we had to equal or better Southampton's result, or else we were slipping into the relegation zone. United coming to town. Maybe we haven't won for twenty-seven years, twenty-three games consecutively. They were quite they were quite cocky about 
there was an expectation they weren't going to lose this game. I think they would. They were thinking new manager bounce will probably only win by one. As, <laughs> It'd be a hard fought victory. As as the clip said at the start of the show, uh, they thought it was going to be tight, but it was uh, as tight as a clown's pocket. <laughs> Uh, before the game, uh, to get us into the mood, uh, a TIFO, Aston Villa, spelt out over the uh, the Holt end. Uh, what what colour were you, Mr. Bud? I was uh, I was blue. Uh, just part of the background, part of the background. So I was hoping it would have been I a red had, background. I had the responsibility but... of helping fill in that T. Well done, oh, wow. James. It looked look, look well on broadcast, well done, both of you. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's good that uh, our efforts in the whole tender are appreciated. I thought you know it's a good effort after a busy weekend of gigs that I can sort of hold my arms aloft with a piece yeah, of paper. Nobody told anybody there that it was happening. It was all kind of uh, what a pleasant surprise. Luckily, the instructions were on the back. Yeah, hold <laughs> up paper. So as the players come out, hold up for sixty seconds. It said. And not a moment more. And then there was a bit about make sure you respect the res- Remembrance Day trumpet player. And then if you're going to make paper aeroplanes, make sure you get them on the pitch. Yeah, they, did. They, well sh- done. they should have uh, mentioned uh, don't throw paper aeroplanes. There was one that went absolutely rocketing into the lower hole and from right from the back yeah, of the so earth. Yeah, so it just dive-bombed, didn't it? Bang, <laughs> whoever got that on the back of their head. Because they were big. One of them ended up in a six-yard box in Martini's six-yard six box it? when uh, United were kind of on the attack. Luckily, that didn't uh, it didn't turn into a beach ball. Like, is it Sunderland, Liverpool? Darren Bent, yeah. Yep. But yeah, so there was a bit of uh, extra activities uh, happening. Uh, but uh, what don't you do to Aston Villa now? You don't turn them round, or maybe no. we we wanted to turn them round. I don't. We don't know who won the toss. I'd be interested to know actually if we decided we wanted to go to the whole end because the crowd booed and obviously we're singing who the who the fuck are you? But uh, it just incites Blitzkrieg, doesn't it? It does again. <laughs> Bing bong bosh two 0 within how many minutes? It's about twelve minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, I think eleven actually. Something like that, yeah. Seventh, uh, Bailey, and then uh, Lucas Dean. Uh, context uh, in terms of uh, Emery's first ever lineup. Any uh, any surprises for you? I was a bit surprised to see Ramsey in, just because not that he shouldn't have been in. Because if, if he said he shouldn't be in after the way he played the rest of the game, you'd look stupid. But you're trying to sort of second guess everybody, see who has impressed him this week or who hasn't impressed him, who's really put the effort in. So seeing him in there, and then it was quite hard to work out where he would be because we've said he needs to be further forward, and that turned out to be where he was. I think it's yeah. more it's it's more tactical as well, isn't it? Rather than having yeah. an out and out forward player, you're thinking, well, I want to beef the midfield up to counter them and he gives you a little bit of everything now yeah and he's the only one that can probably get close to Bailey pace wise carrying the ball so you're, you're not like Bailey's not on, on a one man mission down the wing he gives you drive in the middle of the park and I think that was half the, the defensive quality and when I say defensive I don't mean like backs to the wall defensive but in terms of uh, say it being a bit more it helps pad out that midfield a bit more against United and, and, you, and you notice they weren't dominating the midfield at all against us and that was part of because of that decision. What you soon realised was McGinn is, is just not going to be the round, is he, uh, in terms of... I mean, I think if we're going to play him, we will play him a bit more like when he came on in the second half. You're going to play him further forward, but you aren't going to see him now in a controlling position. He's going to be there, as we've sort of joked many a time. He's going to, he's going to be literally a grenade. Just go on the pitch, give us loads of energy and drive, but we don't need sort of the silkiness, which he doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> McGinn, look, we don't need your silkiness, all right? 
Uh, but when no, he came no, on, I don't have any. I don't want to get too far ahead, but it's like just use him for his strengths, yeah. and I still think he's got a really big role to play for Villa. But he he adds energy at the end. But anyway, we'll we'll get we'll get to that. Get to that. But uh, yeah, so you know, Ramsey's is not like oh, it's not a surprise. It's like oh, okay, and and you think yeah, it's it is a bit Fenton against United in that final where you're also thinking about stopping them as well as uh, give me somebody who's good that helps us like on the counter or but also helps us when they've got the ball as well and I think that was the kind of the perfect fit. It was a good it was a good foil for Buendia actually because you had I don't know exactly what the system would have been classed as actually it was it was kind of a 4-2-3-1 but it was it kind of moved around a lot it was very very fluid yeah. and Emery probably changed shape two three times during the game. I remember we spoke about in a in a much earlier podcast about Emery about them them playing in squares. Yeah, you could see that, and they were hunting in packs. That was one of the, the big things very early on. I was really impressed with with Villa, and having heard about um, from a friend who works with someone at the club that he was literally walking them through patterns of play without the ball. You could see that they looked very organised. They were constantly talking, as was he actually, which I know a lot of people on Twitter commented that he was constantly. They on the weren't situation. afraid of pinging it into a more central man to yeah. uh, like. Open. They were playing into both pivots, weren't they? And they were playing yeah. through the field. Mm-hmm. Now, Manu's midfield press, I didn't think it was great. You know, Van der Beek isn't a. Yeah. Class act, I wouldn't have said, you know, compared to some of the greats that United have had. This is not a vintage Man United midfield. But once we got through their initial press, we were, we were onto them. And that's kind of where the first goal came from, wasn't it? Where yeah. we won the ball back. And then the way we played through the middle of them was fantastic. Such a well-executed goal from start but to a finish. But l- a lot more braver in their passing, I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Buendia was playing. Um, Buendia was playing right at the edge, wasn't he? Yeah. A few times they went astray, but you could see what he was trying. He thought once they get on the wavelength, that will be great. Because it's almost like uh, Emery's told him, right? You know, you're better than you think you are. Have some confidence. Trust mm-hmm. yourself, and in play like you do in training. And I think yeah. that was the the big upgrade in terms of what they were willing to do. I mean, apart from as you say, a couple of sloppy Buendia moments, uh, passing was pretty crisp compared to what we've been seeing conviction yeah. yeah really great from back to front you know playing out from the back under under a tight man you know, really high press but they were playing through the press normally Villa play around it or over the top of it yeah you know Mings especially was playing into sort of Dinia who all of a sudden held the touchline as an out ball that was great Martinez was p- pinging it out to the touchlines a lot that was great to see I was really impressed how they, it would go from Mings into Dendonka and Louise they'd play on the half turn again something that McGinn doesn't really do he tends to play with his back to goal doesn't he Whereas in that yeah. position you have to play on the half turn and it got us. It got the ball into Buendia and Ramsey quickly. Just in general demeanor of passing, just it's just the positivity and forward. Crisp. Yeah, and it was not was noticeably calmer as well. It didn't seem rushed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's the thing. Is that you, I mean, before you criticize, you could criticize Villa for not doing things quickly enough. And now you're sort of looking at it, going, well, maybe it's not quickly that they needed to do things. It's accurately they needed to do things, and yeah. that seems to be what you it's get. It's knowing when to go, isn't it? Sometimes there's there's a time to go into like warp speed. You know, Barcelona were often like that, weren't they? Where they play very very slowly, and then as soon as it gets into the final third, they just go through the gears. Yeah. yeah. But if you've got the control, you can do that. I'm quite interested to see uh, Villa against Liverpool in terms of playing out the back. Because the, the whole his whole concept, you'd have thought, will have had six weeks of development and then yeah. you, you'll get a much better idea. Because the press will be sharper and harsher yeah. and it'll yeah. be interesting to see how... Uh, well, they'll obviously know it's coming and he'll know it's coming. So it'll be interesting to see what traps we set. Yep. And similar to you know, we said about Brentford, the work rate was there. You know, all those guys along the front line, Bailey, Watkins, um, Buendia, Ramsey, they were all really going into tackles, really pressing hard on Man United, putting them under pressure, which is great to see. And of course, when you get that first goal, lifts the crowd, lifts the team, confidence comes. The big and then thing they- was, it was 
our finishing was like executioner style. Yeah, absolutely clinical. I mean, it, was a, it wasn't just a great, I mean, for Ramsey to put Bailey through as well, like that, yeah. I mean, he, we've seen Ramsey in that position before, and he, he's maybe overheaded or he's went himself or t- yeah, picked the wrong decision. It was just perfect way to pass, and Bailey's finish as well, like you said, clinical. Clinical finish. But Bailey was like a man possessed. He was a, on a different level. He, but we started to doubt whether we would actually see it, especially after watching that Fulham game. Was the, the amount of upside still unfulfilled? And you're mm. talking about Buendia, you're talking about Bailey. I mean, you're pretty much talking about everybody. Lucas Dean. And even Watkins and Bailey as a two at times. They were kind of playing as a duo in certain moments of the game. But Bailey was, uh, he's got the skills to pay the bills when he's one-on-one, one-on-two. Well, he just shifts it out of his feet and smacks it. There's no thinking. But he's, he's got an eye as well. It's, mm. it's not as if, you know, these are going into row Z. Pretty much, I mean... It works have- the keeper. Have to look at the uh, the stats, but you know they're either going in or uh, he's working it. Yeah, and it wasn't like we were peppering the goal through the game. It was what maybe four shots on target and scored three of them. Yeah, but as I said with him, there's he I've said before he has that. Uh, he's more of a like a nuclear threat than like say yeah. your Trezeguets or your Elgarzis or your Torres. Mm-hmm. He's got a level that that will trouble any any team. Yeah. It's just a straight directness, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you have to give, like, you can forget about that. And we're talking about Ramsey and Bailey and that, but Watkins as well. The ball went to Watkins and it stuck with him. I mean, he took it around two or he three. He had a really un- good game. Watkins. Yeah. He took it around two or three United players before getting that into Ramsey to start it off. So that, that's what you need from Watkins because we know all about him stretching defences and things like that. But when the ball's pinged in them, he needs to make it stick. It do you think Watkins, back. do you think one of the problems with him is, is a mental thing? You know, whether I don't know whether he thinks he's got imposter syndrome or something, but I think he's on a level where he can take on anybody any defenders but he he comes across quite a, a quiet sort of relatively shy guy you almost want him to just have that little bit more almost arrogance yeah just go give me the ball i'll win this the game today which you can tell with bailey he's almost certainly in the, in the earlier stages in his villa career he probably had the arrogance but he wasn't backing it up you kind of like they're both you just need them both to get on the right yeah the right level mentally because watkins is a handful for anybody he's a bit like mm-hmm. uh a less fat gabby <laughs> Because Gab- he's better with the ball at his feet. Yeah. Gabby was quick over the ground, but as soon as you put the ball in front of him, he slowed right down. But like the way that Gabby would give United an issue, yeah. just from his pure pure speed. But Watkins does it just because of you know he's he's more of a ra- all rounded player. But he's he's kind of direct and he goes at them and relentless. And he's relentless exactly. Relentless. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't stop. I just think, it, I mean, if somebody comes in them and say, you know, the pressure of scoring all Villa's goals isn't on you, so take, try and take that pressure off and spread the goals among the team, because if, if everything's sort of like it's focused on Watkins, that's something I think he's sort of like, he, he, he doesn't live up to it. Yeah. Then we got a free kick. And, and all hell broke loose. Just, you, <laughs> felt, you felt good about this, even though we haven't yeah. scored one for, you know, seven years or whatever it is in the Premier League. But, you know, there's a video uh, going around, I think the angle is from the Trinity end. where on the dugout, isn't it? Where you've got uh, Martinez lining up the wall, like our wall within their wall. It's like a counter wall, isn't it? It's to yeah. block the view of the goalkeeper. And he kind of shifts it along a bit. So he's playing his captain role very well there, like helping out us uh, yeah. in, in attack as well. And then Dino executes it just... Pitch perfect. Superb, superb. It was, it was probably thinking when he was running away celebrating, oh, I might be back in that World Cup squad now. <laughs> and the roof came off. I mean, it's you know, probably the best, yeah. whatever you want to call it, limbs moment, I would say, probably since we've come out of the lockdown period. You know, and at 2-0, you kind of thought, well, well, we've been here before. But yep. 
probably the best Limbs moment uh, since we equalised against them, coming back from 2-0 down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Bailey, the Bailey Man City one was good, but this was... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Because, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a listener and, and you're not a regular at um, Villa Park, apart from when we play the Blues, Villa Park does go up a notch in terms of intensity when we play Manchester United because it's, they basically, I can't say it any other way, but they fucked us so badly so many times. Like, <laughs> it's just <laughs> embedded in our psyche. That we... When the game kicks off, there's an extra edge to it every time. I always like to look at them as a as the my focus on them as like the main rival. I want to beat them more than I want to beat the Blues. I mean, that's uh, especially historically because they were the, the sort of, they were the they were the stamp of like the top side. So you wanted to compete with the best yeah. and go toe to toe with them. You don't want to compete with the fucking Blues. Yeah, it's more about punching up than punching down. I think we can, you can punch down and have a comfort blanket of beating the Blues all day. I mean, obviously, you know, if you, I don't have to uh, hang out with Blues fans my day to day, but some people obviously work with them, whatever. It's kind of a little bit different. But in terms of the club where it stands, you just want to knock out United, basically. Yeah. So there's there's, there's that little added bit of spice. So that's why uh, the celebrations are always a bit more uh, spicy. And also, I, th- I kind of felt, when you, the more we went into the game, I just felt like, I, th- I thought it last year when we played him in the, the Cup, well, well the, you know, the, the away game in the league, definitely in the Cup game and the, the home game. It's the first time in a very, very long time, probably in my lifetime, man, you don't have an aura about, an aura about them anymore. Yeah, we've kind of shaken that off. I mean, we're now three games exactly. unbeaten against. But last season, we, even, even if to, to credit to Gerard and and Smith, we set about them every time we played we did. them. We did, even when we'd lost, like the cup game at uh, Old Trafford in January. We should have won. Yeah, yeah. And, and win convincingly as well. Yeah. And if and I remember, we said after the the home game in January as well, that game goes on five to ten minutes longer. We'd probably go and win it. Yeah, and I think we grew into it through the game. I think that first sort of half an hour before Man United managed to. But to the ebb old the flow. script, the old script did come back, and we started mm-hmm. to think about what had happened before. And it's Luke Shaw, Shaberto Carlos. They're not celebrating much, Manchester United. But they have scored, and I tell you what, it's game on. And Villa are going to shit themselves now. It's a wicked deflection. Oh, it's wicked, I'm telling you. The fight back's coming. Let's go. Let's go. Momentum. Momentum. They'll shit themselves in the second half. Deflected. Freak. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll go back to the Klopp's comment about a bad block again. I mean, I think to give Ramsey a bit of credit in this one, I think he knew it was going wide and he was trying to get out of the way of it. And that's when it, it hit him on like the black. He was trying to stop the, it was like a cross, wasn't mm-hmm. it? It wasn't even a, really a shot. It was going so wide yeah. and then it just hits Ramsey. I mean, I think he, he knows that and he's, he's that's why he's turned his back to try and avoid it, but he couldn't and sort of like yeah. hit him in the back. And I didn't even expect it. I mean, they'd had a couple of sides, hadn't they? Martinez had made a, a smart save earlier and there was the header from Ronaldo, which was a really good save. No, no celebration from Shaw because he he knew it was uh, fluke. Yep, yeah, and they knew they pro- and they knew they didn't deserve it. And I'm glad it wasn't just me. And uh, I understand Mourinho now, but you know I'm watching the game, and sometimes you like you focusing on you know Villa things, or whatever, and then your peripheral vision. I'm thinking, who's that little fat guy over there? <laughs> <laughs> I remember at Old Trafford last year, the Villa fans were singing, "You're just a fat Matt target." To him well, they were, they were singing. Uh, I don't want to fat shame here, but they, they did do a you fat bastard. They gave him a round of that. I mean, the only thing I was thinking about that was like, oh, I mean, it's not it's not just me. Who was thinking that? But it is kind of quite comical, and you understand why Mourinho uh, had stocky. him I'll give him, had him out in the cold for a while. I actually don't mind him as a player. I know he's, he's, he's good. He's, he's, he's a threat, but he, he is a bit Gabby uh, on the <laughs> eye. <laughs> like latter Gabby, should we say? Yeah, later Gabby. But it was frustrating because they didn't really deserve it. You go in at two on thinking, oh, have we, have we, have we let the, have we let our advantage slip? Well, that, that Holt end advantage, I was thinking, ah, I was thinking two nil, Philippina. So we went into the Holt for the first yeah, half. Yeah, has the momentum gone? You're thinking, well, that's going to put anybody else off ever doing that again. If we're going up two nil, you know, we mm-hmm. what were we were three nil last uh, the last time. Yeah, the week, a couple of weeks before, yeah. And, you know, when you look at Mark Goodridge, yeah. a couple of times he said, our Villa are going to shit themselves in the second half now. And you're kind of thinking that. You, you're thinking, well... Because historically we have. You don't need to list, list them here because you can think of all the times we've been 2-0 up against United. Too and, many. Yeah. yeah. So there's that, and, that's in the back of yeah. your mind always. But at the same time, you're kind of trying to silence that voice in your head because you think, well, we're, we're more than a match for them. But then you're thinking, oh, are they going to like kick into uh, another gear now and they don't know them. they're nine unbeaten they've been getting the job done I don't yeah. this is a long way from a vintage Man United side but the Ten Hag's kind of got them winning games getting them over the line and uh, the way they started the second half for sort of four or five minutes you thought oh they're just they're getting into a rhythm here and I think we scored at the perfect time because Villa fans put ourselves down by saying, you know, what was the first thing I was hearing when we wiped the floor with Brentford was, uh, oh yeah, but Brentford is shit, you know, Brentford are no good. It was like, well, they, they seem to do all right against Chelsea a couple of days before. And this Manchester United team, nine games? Yeah, there were nine unbeaten. Nine unbeaten. Nine unbeaten, just went away uh, in, in the Europa League. They're the only team to beat Arsenal so far. They're no schmucks. It's just, if you flip us... And have us going to the halt. We'll blitz Craig you, and then we'll mm. see what you're made of, basically. Yep. It was weirdly, well, as soon as we got the third, which is another, the third, brilliantly crafted goal, expertly finished. I didn't think United had come back I thought it was one. game set and match as soon as yeah, that went yeah. in. I thought, yeah. Because I just thought, man, you have had their little spark at the start of the second half and if we let them in then I think it could have been a very different game. But because we acted quickly and got the final knockout blow, I didn't think they would they'd have too much. When you looked at the bench as well, you thought, they're not going to be able to change the game here. And, I th- and we could, and I think we could control it. I was just thinking we are not going to see the same old script again today. And their aura is long gone now. Yeah, that's like Ramsey's trademark finish as well. How many times has he done that? Yeah. Right? He passes it in the roof. I of the call net. it it's the lash. Game. It's the lash. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, they should get him to do the half-time game in front of the whole end, trying to hit the bloody yeah. the little things by the post. Because it always swerves outwards into the top-hand corner, doesn't it? Perfect. Lashed yep, it home. Perfect. And at that point, you think, well, 
just manage the game here? Well, United were the first to uh, make changes and they uh, did a triple. Off went Fat Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Who was on a yellow card and frankly, we were targeting him. I, th- I think if he'd, have, if he'd have played 90, I don't think he'd have lasted the whole game. Off went old. I, I do like his name, Donny van der Beek. Off he went. And uh, Ganacho, which is the young lad, wasn't Nacho's on the window. Actually, I thought went had a really well. good game. I thought he had a good game. No, no Van Nistelrooy or Hernandez. Or Keane or yeah, it's it's like yeah, you, you, you're not bringing on icons anymore. I remember the time uh, when we were beating them in one of the FA Cup games, and uh, we were one 0 up, and old uh, Keane and Van Nistelrooy started warming up, and the booze from Villa Park was. We knew what was happening. It just it was deafening, but it was as well as like fuck you. It was like fuck you because you're going to win now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they won two one, and it's you just knew. But this, they haven't got. They they can't do that. They can't bring on uh, the cavalry because they haven't got the cavalry. But Villa have because uh, yeah. I mean, after the Bailey McGinn, you thought okay, but but that was like a typical substitution, taking off an attacking man, putting a bit more, let's say, solid midfielder. Off. But what happened after was uh, the first, I think, example of I would say it's almost ruthless by Emery to actually say. I like this result, 3-1. We're going to take it, thank you very much. He basically <laughs> yeah. brought on another back four to play in front of the back four. Yeah. And I, I yeah. was loving it. It was like the Expendables or something. It's like yeah, Sansan. Was it, what, <laughs> yeah, what was it? Bubakar Kamara for Watkins. That pulled, you know, pulled another striker off. Ings and Young on as well. Um, but the way it's... Who yeah. Young played really well in his little cameo, actually. So Young Again. went to left back. But in front of the back four, you had Dendonka, Louise, McGinn almost like playing the secondary left back. And Kamara. And then, uh, Kamara so it was it was like good luck getting through this you fuckers <laughs> even when Dendonka went off who had, who had tired hadn't he he really ran out of steam <laughs> an understatement <laughs> I mean I think we said before we recorded there was the, there was a moment that we all sort of laughed at where Cash puts a beautiful ball into the channel towards him and he's, he's just thinking oh fuck off this is not my game I don't want to be doing this <laughs> I was thinking what the fuck he's not going to run after that you he's never going to get there <laughs> we should watch but some YouTube videos excellent. of him Murray and not <laughs> fullbacks to know yeah. that he doesn't been a, I mean it would have been a 50-50 for Bailey that pass yeah but there was one actually wasn't there a little bit later on when Konza ran through and he thought oh hello oh yeah, yeah. that was good actually yeah and he thought we were, like, we were in well that that's the benefit of having two back fours on the pitch essentially they're back all fours. interchangeable because uh, once Konza was through he knew he, he you know he wasn't uh, leaving a weak link because he had big yeah. daddy Dunker at the back as well as Kamara all covering when you had Sanson on who had a nice little you know sort of five six minute cameo and had some nice touches didn't he, he had a really nice turn little pirouette yeah and I was I was really pleased for him. I'm sure most were that he came off the bench and got a really good reception. Yeah, he actually put a tweet out after uh, prefacing it by saying "finally" and then yeah. saying, "you know, great reception, thank you very much, etc." As well as you know, obviously, let's say uh, solidifying the result. Uh, also, potentially suggests he may go strong in the cup. I think he will anyway. But just yeah, basically. Uh, Protecting players. How good is it to be playing Manchester United, the nemesis, and saying, yeah, I think we'll arrest a few players now. <laughs> and, well, I mean, what a moment to be able to be playing Ole football in stoppage time against Man U at Villa Park, when normally I was thinking, hang on a bit, it's 92 minutes on the clock. Normally their away fans are on the pitch celebrating a last-minute winner or equaliser, yeah. and we're just killing the game. The major, let's, let's say the double defence substitution was uh, about 12 minutes to go, and obviously there was six minutes uh, injury yeah. time. It was the first time... Manchester United have had a lot of injury time, but I didn't even sweat one bead. It was uh, pretty comfortable. By that point, it was done, wasn't it? Yeah, Ronaldo, bless him, obviously, with his, other than his little skirmish with Mings, didn't really offer a huge amount. I, I was actually really not pleased to see him, obviously, because of his heart, heart problems he'd had, but it was 
having not seen him in a long time, it was good to see uh, Christian Eriksen play. He, I think he's such a fabulous player. And even though they were, they were poor on the day, I actually thought he was the standout for them. I thought his touch, his balance, his distribution of play, the amount of times he just hit a crossfield ball to feet was incredible. Plays for the wrong team, unfortunately for him. Well, yeah. But you saw a difference uh, in those substitutions in terms of compare it and look at different scenarios. Look at Wolves 2-0 up against Wolves. Uh, under Smith, look at Manchester City two 0 up. I would be bringing on the uh, the Expendables second. <laughs> shut, in the, shut the game down. It's our second uh, ah. back four, but that's what Kamara and we've said this. You know, I've said it on the show. Kamara and Dundon could give you. They give you that. It's almost like having extra centre backs at the same time of having uh, midfielders. Yep. But who can play? And if. Mings, as as he did in the Brentford game, or Conza in this one, if they do find themselves on the halfway line and they're you know one of the furthest forward players, they can bomb on because they know they've got security at the back. Yep, it just makes it a bit more fluid. Well, the whole system was fluid, and I think that will develop more and more. But for a uh, a first attempt, uh, I mean, you, you can't really Gold argue. Star. I mean, no. even the goal <laughs> that yeah. even the goal we conceded was an absolute fluke. Yeah, I thought the back line did really well, actually. It was nice to see us manage the game. I mean, really, Martinez had a couple of saves to make in the first half and it was unfortunate for the goal. Didn't have a lot to do. I thought his catching was brilliant. He, you know, he took yeah. some really great claims. And there was a save from Alanga, wasn't there? He just absolutely wiped him out, which is great to see. What, what you've missed there, bud, is that was a homage. That was a, uh, that was a Schmeichel <laughs> starfish jump. Not only saving it, but knocking him out as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a double whammy. That was, even Schmeichel would have been proud of that. Yeah, he flattened the poor kid. Right, we could talk about this for another hour, but... Well, yeah, we'll have to do it again this week, so there's no problem. Yeah, we, yeah exactly. Yeah, We've got we to gotta go again against these uh, Manx. Uh, so any, anything else to add? Uh, well, David... What's on uh, what's on Emery's clipboard this week? Oh, oh, well, I'm I'm glad you asked. Emery's clipboard or uh, Porta Papales de Emery is a new segment. As I mentioned at the top of the show, those who can recall uh, the Hogan Touch Count similar kind of format with an educational spin, bit of knowledge thrown in. So Basically, as the clipboard potentially implies, we will be talking about a little game on uh, stats, but uh, related to Villa, and it could be anything, but we're going to try to uh, educate you and educate ourselves on the weird and wonderful uh, world of stats and analysis and data. Both players, uh, i.e. Phil Shaw and uh, Chris Budd in this uh, circumstance, will have, uh, I think, two guesses and then probably a final guess, if, if we need it, to guess what question I will be posing related to uh, a stat. And this week, we're going to talk about field tilt. Oh. Do you know what field <laughs> tilt is? So is that the side of the pitch that Luke Shaw was on? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's very good. That's very good, Phil. <laughs> that's what you call a home run in the gag department. <laughs> that's out of here. <laughs> There's loads of metrics for uh, measuring, let's say, how attacking a team was in terms of, because you have possession stats, but what does that really mean? I mean, a team can just be passing it around the back or they could be doing it later on in the game, doing the Ole stuff where you're not actually doing anything with the ball, you're just keeping it. So is that really a good indication of... Uh, 
how much control or or how aggressive you were in a game because you know we've seen these games where you have 30% of the game but you win 4-0 somehow so field tilt there's a couple of other metrics but field tilt recognizes the best way of analyzing it and it is the amount of possession you actually had in the opposition's final third so it's quite simple concept mm-hmm. get it mm-hmm. Yep. Basically, you're attacking possession in the final third. Yeah. Now, if you look at the season so far, top of the league, any guesses? It's got to be City, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sure. pretty obvious. Save Villa were playing uh, Manchester City. Mm-hmm. We basically do a percentage. So if, if it was all City, it could be like 80% City. So basically, 80% of the uh, attacking third play was in our final third. Okay. And 20% was in their final third. So the averages of this season so far, in terms of the league, top is Manchester City. And their uh, field tilt is 72.25%. So wow. pretty much uh, Dominant. dominating. Bottom of the table is Bournemouth with 31.82. Who we lost Mm. to, by the way. Who we lost to, exactly. So it just shows you that they hardly attack in a game in the final third, but we still managed to get butchered by them. So, who's going first? I'll go first on this one. So, the question is, what is Aston Villa's field tilt percentage for this season? This is what's the first page of Emery's clipboard this week. 37. Mm. And by the way, you can go point, you know, five, six, seven, whatever. If you get the points first digit, that would be a, a win straight away. Okay. 37, says Mr. Bird. Phil Shaw, first guess. I'll go 31. 31. Fucking hell. They're saying worse than Bournemouth. Oh, I wasn't listening. Worse, worse than Bournemouth, and they're bottom of the league. So <laughs> We're not even in the league. Sorry, waste, uh, wasted go there, yep, Mr. Yep. Mr. Shaw. This is the thing. When you listen to the show, you've got to pay attention. <laughs> even if you're doing the show. You might, yeah, and if you do the show, you should definitely pay attention. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bird, uh, second guess. 41. Oh, going a little bit higher. I think that's very ambitious, to be honest. Right then, uh, Phil Shaw. You, so, uh, do you want me to repeat what, what was top and what was bottom? No, 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 it's all right. I'll just go plonk in the middle and go 40. Right. We're going to have one more round, and I'm going to say that uh, the closest at the moment is nine, around 9%, give or take, point whatever, away from the percentage. Mm. What was my first guess again? 35, I said. You said 37. 37. I'm going to go 43. 43 from Chris Bird. Mr. Phil Shaw. I'm going to go 46. Phil Shaw gets in there by oh, well done. being the closest. It was actually, and you, you two villa haters, it was <laughs> 50. 50.52. Oh, well, well done. That means we've been quite efficient going forward. So across the season, we've actually had in games more uh, actual play in the f- opposition's final third across all our games. Who would have thought? Who'd have thunk it? Not us. Right, I think that's enough for the uh, the Emery's clipboard uh, this week, but uh, stay tuned for uh, next weeks where we'll uh, learn about another statistical category, even more uh, bizarre than field tilt. But field tilt's meant to be a bit of a progression in terms of it actually uh, is tangibly tangible. <laughs> tangibly tangible that's good <laughs> in fact you know <laughs> that it gives you some kind of actual in- indication into something and in this case it's maybe Villa aren't as crap as we thought they were this season right uh, we like to end with a reason to be cheerful and uh, normally it's because uh, the shit's hit the fan yet again but uh, so many reasons uh, this week Phil Shaw got anything I'm just very happy 
like I said, didn't think we'd have to wait so long for it to happen again. But so the reason to be cheerful for Villa fans this week is Phil Shaw is happy. Is that what you're saying? Yes, <laughs> it's a rare occasion. <laughs> All is good in Monaco. Chris Bird. I'd say for the first time in quite a while, you've had back to back two really good home games, two great performances, loads of goals, pretty entertaining. Long may that continue. Yeah, especially when we're all paying more for our season tickets. This is three games unbeaten. I mean, this is a reason to be cheerful, I suppose. Mm. Three games unbeaten against United, and we've had a different manager each time, which is kind of a crazy stat. But uh, just to end, Sanson is alive. There's a reason to be cheerful. Alive and well. And uh, we we now have a new playbook, which has a double back four routine and a free, and a free kick taker. And a free kick taker who's finally stepped up. Now the pins in his hips and limbs have set. <laughs> now they're fully calibrated. <laughs> so all he has to do every game, he just kind of turns them a little bit just to adjust them. And I think perfect calibration now. So it's all good. Thank you very much for listening to the show. As always, uh, please do uh, follow if you're listening on Apple or Spotify so you get notifications when every show pops up so you don't have to wait on social media to get my alerts also follow us on uh, my or man said the uh, actual twitter account i'm interested to see what mr musk does when he brings in his eight dollars to have a blue star routine i don't think i'll be paying that right so we're going to go off to uh, do a members only show uh, on this uh, forthcoming cup game and talk a little bit more about battering united so if you want to get access to that join us as a mile mensa member just go to myomensa.com and click on the members link there and join us on another level of uh, villa expedition until then until uh, well we've got a trip northwest and then a final swan song pre Qatar down uh, on the south coast for the Brighton game, which will be uh, an interesting challenge now. I think we're going, oh, no. going into both of these games now. Now that we've seen that uh, the players seem to have uh, drastically regained confidence and belief in their ability, uh, once that upside's engaged, this is a team that can do things. Yep. and uh, compete. And you've lifted the weight off your shoulders of the Man United who do. I think the, the big one now would be go and get your first away win. It'd be a great time to do it. Yeah, because if you look at the you know performance against Manchester City, Manchester United, you know this isn't a bad team and what we did to the lesser team like Brentford. And it wasn't ability. It was never ability. It was just like character and belief. And uh, that is the fundamental thing I think Emery's bringing in. And I think the players are starting to think, actually, we have an opportunity here to do something because this is actually that setup that they sold us when we signed has reality, but we will have to graft for it. And I don't think they kind of realised they uh, had to actually uh, work at it. But also it helps if you've got a coach that... Uh, systematically knows what he's doing right until the next victory it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.